So here I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Saturday, April 18th, 2020. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We kind of break the rules here for Native Radio. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches or get all mystic. We take a tough look at our history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity, and we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We'll take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that's heaped upon us, and we do it all right here, live from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk Native. But first, let me remind folks that our uh, our audio streams live on our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. Our video streams live on Facebook via Facebook Live on our Facebook group page and many others. We take the uh, audio and we put it up on SoundCloud, SoundCloud that, which puts it up on your favorite podcast platform. And we take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel. So if you listen to us live, uh, that's great. But if you want to listen to us on demand, you can do that either um, through a podcast or through uh, through our YouTube videos. So... Um, I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on our YouTube videos. We produce videos that are not just our radio shows, and you can take a look at those. And those are usually shorter, short-form videos that can be used um, just as discussion starters as well. So, um, look, I'm uh, I'm the host and producer of the show. I'm joined here in studio by Jake Proud, who's managing our audio and our video. And well, let's let's just get into it. So. It has really only been a one month since the travel restrictions, the stay-at-home orders, you know, businesses closing down to essential businesses. It's only been a month. I know people are feeling like this has been going on forever. I, and I share in the sentiment that March felt like the longest month ever. Um, I'm not sure that April seems to be dragging as be- as long as March has. But, uh, but again, it's only been a month. It was March 16th was usually for most places was the first day of some of these stay-at-home orders and and businesses closing officially i mean some had closed before that but um uh, schools were still in the process of hashing that out and sorting that out so it's only been a month but (laughs) some people are really really cracking under the pressure uh Across the United States, and I don't even know about Canada at this point, but certainly across many states in the United States, major cities, uh, and, and I'm talking about Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota, California, Texas, Virginia, um, you, again, East Coast and West Coast going all the way across. I mean, uh, there are people who are really just saying they, they need to fight their state to have their states opened up they're they're carrying you know wearing MAGA hats and trump banners somehow they're equating opening up the states immediately with supporting trump although trump hasn't really you know jumped fully into that into that mix yet i mean just it's just a matter of time i'm afraid but uh but i mean a lot of these guys are carrying weapons they, they you know they feel like they gotta not only uh, protest their their first amendment they got to bring their their rifles to you know associate this thing with gun gun rights as well uh they're wearing their maga hats and, and they don't tread me uh you know flags and tread on me flags all all of that stuff i mean they're they're making it sound like they that they have been you know imprisoned because they're being asked to stay home i don't know how bad your families are that you got that you that you feel this 
like like crazy over having to spend time with your families but um this is the 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 political right and the evangelical right too i listened to a bunch of these protesters no god we're in god's hands it doesn't matter that we we don't have to have our our liberties taken away god's going to take care of us so you got this like evangelical side of this thing and and there are churches who are actually suing some states for telling them they they can't hold uh you know group worship and all that other stuff it is it's it's crazy folks i mean i and then just listening to some of these folks these folks and look if you want to go to a crowd and violate the social distancing recommendations and the you know the essential travel and all of that stuff what you do to yourself is one thing but when you go back home and you start infecting other people you know uh, especially elderly people and 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 jake and i were discussing um, i thought most people that i saw were you know were middle-aged anyway but um but, but but Jake was saying no. There were a lot of gray hairs in there, so there are a lot of older people who are probably more at risk. And and I have to admit, when I go when I do go out and I go to a store or whatever, I'm seeing a lot of elderly people. Finally, I can't believe that there aren't people who are concerned enough about their their parents and their grandparents that they won't shop for them. You know, why would you subject? And and maybe you know maybe it isn't about subjecting them to this. Maybe. You, you just can't contain that that age group you know they, they are you know they this idea of what liberty really is is something that um or, or freedom is something that americans have this twisted idea of what free you know life and liberty really are and there's no sense of community i mean if you show up at, at, at a protest rally and, and a bunch of you wearing MAGA hats, that doesn't make you a community, especially if you don't really you know, give a rat's ass about anybody else except for yourself. If you're only there to fight for your right to, I don't know, to, to get a haircut, that was the one thing. Oh, you open up hair parlors. We need hair salons open. Well, obviously, that, that's not a big issue for me, obviously. But uh, no, I mean, it, it, I, I'm watching this stuff and I'm thinking, man, these people are crazy. And most of them are white people, you know, so I, I, you know, I know people don't like the whole race thing, but I'm sorry, most of those white folks are crazy. And I'm not saying there weren't a few people of color in the mix. In fact, I saw a couple of people of color wearing MAGA hats, and, you know, I'm, I'm still not quite understanding that one. <clears throat> but, so I say all this, as, as this, you know, all this stay-at-home order stuff is, is really unraveling, you know, among certain groups of people. I'm not saying it's the vast majority. I mean, obviously these are these are protests, and there you know there's a couple of hundred. I think the biggest one I saw maybe it had 500 people at it. So, but it's not a lot. But you know, there's the media covering it. The media media is propping up, and it's not just Fox and Breitbart that are covering this stuff. I mean, it's it, it's getting a lot of coverage. And I'm going to tell you, at some point, Trump is going to start rallying with these folks. I mean, he's going to start showing up at these things. I guarantee. I guarantee. One of the first big public things you're going to see is going to be a Trump rally. I, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be one of these swing states that he thinks that he's going to electrify the base who is now frustrated with having to stay home for a month. And that's the way it's going to play out. Now, and the, the interesting thing is, so while this is happening across states, across the United States, native territories are actually tightening the restrictions. Yeah, uh, Tonawanda Senecas out here are going to, um, uh, they're shutting, shutting down uh, all the, the shops, the smoke shops. They're all closing next week. Here in, in Seneca territory, <clears throat> um, there's essentially, 
you know effectively a curfew that uh that has been ordered um everybody visitors on seneca territory are asked to leave by 7 30 each evening uh businesses are supposed to close down at um at eight o'clock unless you're an essential business and yes i do regard ourselves as essential businesses that's why we're here um uh, in, in Tuscarora, um, I think there's they shut things down and they, and they close it off. I think there are people patrolling, you know, from what I understand, um, to to try to you know shut down some of the traffic going through the territories in the um, in the evening. So while native territories, because uh, you know a couple of infect- infections have you know have occurred on our territories, are tightening up justifiably or unjustifiably um it's interesting that the exact opposite is happening in some of these uh in some of these other communities <clears throat> now it it is it's also interesting that it that it is a lot of the swing states or the, the states that uh um that you're going to have you know a lot of this evangelical right and you know uh a, a trump cult atmosphere in them <clears throat> excuse me um but it is interesting that uh, that you're you know, that you you see see more and more of that, um, and like I said, it's going to be interesting interesting to see how this plays out. As I mentioned on the, on the uh, one of my last shows, the, you know, Doctor Tony Fauci and this uh, Doctor Burks they they uh, adjusted what they figured was going to be the total of uh, of the total of deaths caused by this. They they adjusted their, their prediction down. Um, the the early prediction, well, the earliest prediction was real, real high. But then, by the time these guys were uh, you know, doing these these media events with with Trump, they started saying, "Well, we, we expect there, there will be loss of life between a hundred and two hundred thousand people." Well, last week, for whatever reason, they said we now think it's going to be uh, significantly less than that, and they put a number at about sixty thousand. Now, here's the problem with that. <clears throat> We're at, it's it's like forty thousand it's like thirty nine thousand right now. Tomorrow it'll be over forty thousand people passed you know passed away on this in ten days because they're averaging about two thousand actually over two thousand people a day dying. They're going to be at sixty thousand people in ten days. They're going to be at a hundred thousand people in a month or over a hundred thousand people in a month. And there's no for all the the talk about you know the apex and flattening the curve. Look, if you just get your curve to flatten, that doesn't mean it went down. It means that you reached the top and you're staying there. And that's kind of where where the U.S. is right now. They're um, they're still adding about thirty thousand uh, new cases a day, and they're they're adding about uh, you know on average for the last eleven days they've averaged over two thousand deaths per day. <clears throat> so. You know they're they're almost at seven hundred fifty thousand people. Uh, they're they're almost at um, uh, you know at you know at um, let's see uh, yeah. So there's seven hundred thirty eight thousand cases. They're they're averaging about thirty thousand new cases a day, and the deaths are at thirty uh, at thirty nine thousand. So that's and that's only a month into this into this you know travel you know restriction and and stay at home stuff. Now I don't know how I've, I've said it before. I'm not sure how this thing ends. I don't know what the game plan and what the criterion is to to determine when you start easing restrictions. But I'm pretty sure you don't wait until you get to the peak. And when you're at the peak, that's when you they, when you loosen things up. And that's where everything's at. It is really bizarre 
while you're at the highest level of cases per day and deaths per day that you begin the process of loosening the restrictions? If you had any idea about what the restrictions were supposed to do, you certainly wouldn't relax them while you're experiencing the highest rates of everything. I mean, it's... It is. It's bizarre to even think about the, the fact that Trump, you know, is, is trying to lay out the the um, uh, the process. I mean, and of course he backed down from saying that he's the one who's going to open up every state, that he has the ultimate authority, to now saying that he's giving the states authority. Make no mistake about it. He didn't give the states the authority. The states already have the authority to either shut things down or not shut things down. Now, look, I think there are some things that the states did that they didn't have to do. You know, I think there's like state forests and you know, hiking trails and even some of the marina stuff. That doesn't really make sense to me, to me personally, because I don't I don't see the, these things as, um, you know, creating social distancing problems that much. I mean, if you're hiking on a trail, you're not hiking within six feet of somebody. I mean, that's not a hike, you know, so I don't I don't know. I, I, there's something that I don't fully understand. Um, apparently, in, in New York State, they. I heard, and I don't know this for sure, but they've authorized private golf clubs to open up, not public ones. So if you pay your forty thousand dollars, or fifty thousand, or hundred thousand, or two hundred thousand dollars a year for your, you know, your country club membership, uh, you're no longer going to be restricted. You can go there and, and golf. But if you want to go play at the public golf course, not yet, not yet. Uh, golf seems like a pretty open thing to me, <laughs> you know. Uh, granted, you might have to have one person per cart or or walk. <laughs> Heaven forbid, right? You'd have to walk and and uh, carry your bags. Uh, but I I don't know. It, I there's some things that I don't fully understand, um, and I, and I'm not even sure if the whole flattening the curve thing has a long term. Uh, game to it i i you know i don't know what the strategy is long term because again at what point do you start to open things up do you how far down the curve after you have reached the apex and you start to go down at what point do you open things up because i guarantee you there's going to be a spike now i mean just based on even these morons that were out protesting uh you know today and, and a little bit yesterday you're going to see a bit of a spike and the more things are relaxed, and, and it's not—I'm not saying this because I'm—I'm I'm trying to be prophetic. I mean, Singapore went through this thing, Japan went through this thing. If you look back at the historical record, back with the uh, the Spanish uh, flu, it, it, the same thing happened. There was there was a loosening of restrictions, and then they had actually the second wave was bigger than the first wave because they they loosened restrictions too early. And, and I get it. You know, Trump is worried that his presidency is on the line here. Uh, November is not that far away. If he can't get, you know, some trajectory for the for the economy heading back to where he thinks it was, which was, you know, which he thinks was great, he knows that he's, you know, he's sunk. So if he has to wait, you know, several more months before things can really start to open up. You know, and shame on the the average quote unquote American who the, many people are getting paid. Some people are getting paid more not to work than when they were working. And and, and it's funny listening to Trump talk about China ma- manipulating their currency and doing all this. Well, what the hell do you think the United States did when it started printing money just to prop up the stock market or to, or to start printing money? And they're not even really printing money, but but to add uh, adding money to the economy. 
just so they can send stimulus checks out to everybody. There's a long-term downside to that. It's called inflation, you know, and it's called the potential collapse of the economy. What's, what's happened thus far hasn't really been a collapse of the economy. It's been a shutdown of the economy, and there's a difference. The difference between a, an economy collapse, collapsing and one that is just literally closed down, a collapsed economy means all of the confidence, all of the consumer confidence, all of the, the, the confidence in what a dollar is worth goes away. That hasn't happened yet, yet. So this idea of, of an economic, economic collapse, that hasn't happened yet. And, and I'm, I, I'll admit, I'm a little surprised. You know, I almost thought there would be this like run on banks and that kind of stuff. But of course, they can't really have a run on banks as long as you got the federal government trying to do direct deposit into in, uh, into into banks. And and because people aren't necessarily pulling currency out, they're they're still using your ATM cards and that kind of stuff, their bank cards and their credit cards. You know, it, it makes it makes a collapse. Um, it actually makes a collapse pretty easy. You know, because everything is electronic. But uh, I, it's it, it's really it really is concerning and um, and when you get to the point here where maybe things have uh, have reached reached a, a ceiling, I don't even know that they have. I, you know, I don't know if this apex or this flattening the curve is more associated with uh, the limitation on on testing because again, all of these numbers, all the numbers that the, the ones that I rattle off every show are really based on people who have been tested. And it's still only 1%, 1.1% of, of the U.S. population has been tested. And based on those tests, that's how they're coming up with the number of cases, the number of deaths, and all of that stuff. 1.1%. And they can only test so fast. You know, one, one of the big battles between, you know, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, and, uh, and, and Donald Trump has been over, over testing issues. Because it, it's really difficult for states to, uh, to, to press companies to create testing. That's something the United States can do, the federal government can do. And right now, there isn't enough testing. One of the big issues is nursing homes. I mean, and so here's where the elderly are, and they're the most vulnerable. In fact, in many cases, some of the, the, uh, the biggest pockets of death from the coronavirus has, hap- has happened in nursing homes. It started out in Washington State. Seattle had uh, had their first run. That's when most of their loss of life came from nursing home uh, infections. So how how do you avoid that? So well, the way you avoid it is is first you test everybody, and then you test all the staff. And you know what? You got to continue to test the staff. You've got to make sure that the people who are tending to the elderly are not infected. You have to cut off visits. But they still can't even test. They're not. They don't have the capability. In New York State, and this is what I was, I was listening to Cuomo talk about this, they don't have the capability to, to, to test not only on a regular basis, but even initially give tests to all of the employees that, uh, that work at, at nursing homes. They've started to um, uh, put those numbers up separately, the nursing home deaths, because it's become a, a real singular issue in terms of how, much, uh, you know, how many people have been infected in these nursing homes. I mean, I, and this is why I've said one of the, the, the biggest issues here is how do you protect the most vulnerable people? And the most vulnerable people are the elderly and, any, and anybody with underlying conditions. And the elderly is, you know, people my age and older, 60, 60 and above. 
although many of us who are 60 and above who don't have underlying conditions are not in as much risk as people our age or even younger with underlying conditions. So, but this is the concern. So, look, if you want to go out and raise hell about Ohio opening up the state or Texas or anybody plays else, that's fine. But if you're going to go, if you're doing that in public and then you're going to go work into a, into a workspace where because you're an essential employee or, or you're going to go home and, and visit with grandma, look, you may have placed, think that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, risk my life to fight for freedom. Yeah, but are you willing to risk the lives of everybody around you? So there has to be a, a, a different standard for how you deal with um, how we we treat the elderly, and you know, and of course, I say that as a native person, who there clearly is a different relationship that native people have with the with the elderly than than non-native people do, and I and I say that, and I know people can say, well, you say that, and you sound pretty flippant when you say it, but we don't exactly throw our elderly into nursing homes at at, at the rate that uh, that non-native people do. So um, it's just not the way we do things. You know, more often than not, we have, you know, a, a parent or a grandparent living, living in our homes. Um, we do have senior living, you know, and, and, and some of that, but it's right within the community. It's not like off someplace. So I mean, we we have a different relationship with, with the elderly, and and frankly, we value the, the knowledge and the you know because culture is such an important part to Native people. We we have a different value that we place on things like language and you know experience, some of what you know the elders went through, you know even some of the residential schools experiences and all that stuff. Most of our generation don't we don't have that, and granted that's you know it's trauma that they're handing down, but but it's important that we know this stuff. So. We, we value the elderly different differently than than other you know than other uh, groups do and uh, but I don't think anybody whether you you hold the same you know um, values that native people have or not I don't think anybody wants to see their their elderly loved ones um, exposed to risk so I mean again there, there has to be a different standard uh, that we have for how nursing homes and elderly whether it's elderly in your home or whether it's uh, elderly in nursing homes we have we just have to have different different standards for for how how much we're going to allow them to have exposure to the outside while this is going on even if you don't support all of this shutdown stuff i mean there there are ways you can do some things and kind of get things back to normal and still make sure that you protect a specific group of people um, so I, I, I think that's an important thing, you know, that has to be, it has to be considered in all this. Um, but like I said, it, it, it really does concern me. Now, one of the other things I wanted to mention, um, this was an interesting week because as much as there's, there's been an attempt to overcome the, the rivalries and the egos that exist between politicians, not only, you know, Democrats versus Republicans, but even state versus federal. Um, some of that stuff really started to unravel this week a little bit too. While Andrew Cuomo was doing one of his, uh, media events and every day he, he jumps on the television and, and he does his in the morning. Um, and then Trump does his in the evening, you know, uh, usually after six o'clock. <clears throat> but uh, Andrew Cuomo does his in, in the in the morning before noon. So while while Cuomo is doing his, Trump starts tweeting 
and almost antagonizing uh, with, with his tweets what, what Cuomo is saying as he's saying it. And so Cuomo starts unleashing on Trump. Look, I'm not a big Cuomo fan, personally. I'm not. But I got to say, I kind of rather enjoy listening, <laughs> listening to him blast Donald Trump. I mean, uh, Trump had said something to the effect in, in one of his tweets that uh, you know Cuomo should spend less time whining and more time doing his job. And so, so apparently, um, Cuomo responded by saying, Mr. President, if you're watching television, maybe it's time for you to get up off the couch and go to work. So there was kind of like, like that little going back and forth. But then it got more intense with that. Uh, and, and, and Cuomo started putting things in perspective in terms of um, Cuomo or Trump was, was arguing that, that Cuomo asked for more beds uh, and ventilators than he needed. And so Cuomo flat out said, look, Everything that I asked for was based on the the predictions and the estimates that that the CDC and the Trump's task force uh, uh, put out there. That's where he he, he drew his uh, his predictions from, and and of course I even have a different take on whether there was really too many beds requested. You know, by turning the Jacob Javits Center into a hospital or, or sending the the naval ship uh, Comfort up there to uh, uh, you know to sit off. Uh, off one of the New York piers, <clears throat> I I'm not convinced that those beds weren't really needed. I think they were needed. I just think that a lot of New Yorkers, uh, after listening to you know three or four weeks, it, it constantly being pounded into them that the hospitals were experiencing chaos and that it was getting worse and worse and worse on a daily basis. I think many New Yorkers just said, "Look, we're not going to go to the hospital." You know, for one thing. If you did end up being um, tested, uh, and, and if you tested positive for COVID nineteen, you no longer were going to have your family around you anymore. You were going to be you were going to be isolated, and and I mean isolated with no family. If you were ho- if you need to be hospitalized, you were not going to have visitors anymore. <clears throat> so the day you went to the hospital might be the last day you saw your family, and you know. So I, I think that's part of the reason that a lot of people didn't go to the hospital, and that's why you've seen an uptick in the number of people dying at home. And they're not dying at home because just purely out of you know choice. I think some of it had to do with with hearing the constant drum beat about how chaotic hospitals were 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 and how more much more chaotic they were going to be. I mean that's 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 a conclusion that I'm drawing here because you know other than the, this COVID nineteen really attacking people at home, people in New York do go to the hospital. You know I, I realize there's, there's some groups that shy away from you know hospital treatment more than others but they do go to the hospital now the other thing i wanted to mention because and this is truly disturbing i didn't realize that you know i was talking to my daughter the other day and, and she didn't realize that's you know there's so much stuff on the internet that's that's fake and 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 you know that's you know there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there you know some people claiming the whole thing is fraud and everything else um but there was a, a few there was a couple of drone videos and and a couple of stories that were done on the mass burials taking place on Hart Island, um, off the you know uh, near the Bronx or part of the Bronx, I guess, in in New York City. And so my daughter didn't realize that this was a real thing. I said, "Yeah, these are mass burials," and she said, "That's that's crazy." I said, "Yeah, but you don't understand. There have been these. I mean, Hart Island has been used for I think like 151 years, and the what it's been used for is." When people die in New York City, and a lot of times it's homeless people, but it's people who, who have been unclaimed. When a, when a person dies and nobody claims their body, they get buried at, at, at Hart Island. 
the difference is that the uptick has been huge. So now they're they're they got to bring a bulldozer in there, bulldoze a whole trench, and then you start lining up, you know, end to end, you know, end to end with uh, you know, makeshift coffins or, or boxes anyway. And you know, they start at one and they start to they cover it with dirt as they go. And it's it is truly disturbing. I mean, if you've ever seen pictures of the of the ditches that, that native people were being thrown into from wounded knee or um the mass burials that the, the you know that the jews experience uh, in you know uh, under under nazi control this just i mean it, it just looks too much like it. Uh, it it's it's so much like a modern day uh take on the idea of of doing this kind of mass burial and you know and 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 the idea that there's that many people who die that nobody cares about and, and or that there's no way to you know to, to contact family members i mean that's 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 sick i mean that's that's a, that's a culture that has broken down that's a societal failure and of course the other thing that they because they, of the amount of deaths that they've had at hospitals and in homes and you know, the amount of you know bodies that have been taken in by the coroner they actually had to shorten the window normally they, they would hold on to a body for so, such a period of time and then if it wasn't claimed then they then they'd be uh, buried at in, at Hart Island but they had to shorten that window down to you know it's only a few days now uh, maybe a week i don't know but they've had to shorten that that time period down and and i and i got to tell you and this isn't this isn't just a slam on on new york city i mean i you know what's you know what's a government to do but what does it say about society that people can die and just nobody cares i mean no family I mean, I realize that there's a large homeless population in in every you know urban in, environment. We don't have it here on native territory, by the way. Homelessness is not is, is an issue, you know, at least within our communities. I, you know that 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 I'm familiar with, and I'm I know that there's some pretty rough places uh, where native people live, where native people have fallen through the cracks in urban environments. But um, but no, th- this whole idea that you could have this level or this volume of people dying in any society in any culture and have nobody no, nobody claim the body i mean i know because i don't think this is just about somebody not wanting to foot the bill for for funeral expenses i i, I think it goes beyond that but but if it's that too well that's a further b- breakdown of, of societal issues all right hey we're at the bottom there we'll take a break and uh, we'll come back and we'll get into a little bit more this is john kane and this is Let's Talk Native. All right. Thanks for letting me catch my breath here and wet my whistle a little bit. Um, I want to thank our sponsors for Let's Talk Native, um, Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses. Um, I want to thank Grand River Enterprises and NWS uh, uh, and and everybody else who has helped in the future um, or in the past, I mean, and, and hopefully those that that, uh, that will help us as we go forward. I've got a few individuals that, who help from time to time when they can. I, you know, VJ and Steve come to come to mind from New Jersey. Um, and I greatly appreciate. Look, it's great to have the guys who do something every week or every month. 
But the, I mean, it is such a pleasant surprise, especially now when stuff is, you know, getting, things are, you know, getting a little unusual um, to have somebody, you know, drop a check in the mail or whatever else. So, you know, again, I can't, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate the folks that, that support what we do here. And obviously we, we are not only doing our, our Let's Talk Native show here, which is um, on uh, Tuesdays and Saturday nights. But we're also doing our New York show out of our studio here, so that's uh, um, it's 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 just more that we're doing, and and of course we we've, we've got to pay for services, and we've got to we got to you know keep our our equipment going. So uh, without the support we get, financial support, we couldn't do it all. So I thank all of you. Now I also want to thank all of you who who not only listen to the show but that offer your comments and your questions, your critiques. Sometimes uh, I want to thank all of you who who share the show, whether you share um the the facebook uh live stream or whether you share you know podcasts or the youtube videos or whatever uh i i appreciate all of you guys helping to get the word out look i'm i know that some of what i'm telling i'm saying on a, on a you know show by show basis maybe something you've heard before but it may not be and and i try to offer a perspective that uh that I think needs to be offered up because I'm not hearing it from anybody else, and and I'm not trying just to be you know a shock jock or or, or or to be a contrarian or anything else. I I really believe the things that I'm that I'm uh, you know that I'm offering up here in terms of opinions, and and I know that there's a lot of people who have um, grander conspiracies about this. My biggest complaint and, and and my biggest caveat here is is not that that I think this whole thing is a hoax. I just think the whole thing has been downplayed so, uh, so much. And I think be, because we're, the numbers that we're seeing you know, that, that are coming in globally are only based on numbers that come from people who are confirmed by a test, it doesn't give a true picture on how many people... Look, and I know so many people are saying yeah but look at what the what the what the flu you know killed last year or look what this flu did or that flu did or you know or you know or or they're they're trying to make these comparisons where they're where they're comparing a full year and 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 a look back at that full year where they can really assess you know real numbers i'm saying even today at where in the united states where there's almost 40,000 people that have died those are 40,000 people who have died that have been confirmed either by a test or by an abundance of information associated with, with that death. I think when you, if, when you look back at this, and you're going to find out there were a lot more people who died. And there are people who died of, of COVID-19, and then there are people who died because of COVID-19. And there is a difference. Look, if you don't go to the hospital because you know the hospitals are overrun with with COVID-19 victims and so you die at home of a heart attack and you without any symptoms there's still a cause and effect there and I'm not saying that you that you have to list COVID-19 as the cause of of that of that heart attack although it's the cause of many of them I think there are a lot of a lot of people who are are, are probably not seeking medical attention there are there are um uh surgeries that are being put off that are considered elective surgeries but even elective surgeries sometimes can have time constraints to them so i think there are there when when this gets looked back on and keep in mind the first case in the united states wasn't until uh, late january so when you look at how long you know and the spread is real slow in the beginning i mean a lot of times when they when they start to measure the graphs on these things and they start to chart they don't even they don't make a single plot until they reach until they have 100 100 cases 
But if you looked at this thing from, from when they finally reached 100 cases to now, the, the chart isn't pretty, folks. And and it hasn't turned the corner. I mean, it 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 may be leveling off a, a little, but it has certainly isn't going down yet. And I know, you know, Andrew Cuomo keeps saying, "Oh, you know, we're seeing reductions here, we're seeing reductions there." And then they then they get pressed on issues about, yeah, but how many deaths are you having that you're not characterizing? So then they had to. I mean, but if you look at the average over the last 11 days it's over 2000 people a day and they had a few days that were that were below 2000 they had one that they had they they posted it with 6000 people because it was people that didn't get counted for the previous days so when i see a low like today today is down a little bit there's 1800 deaths today and but it's a Saturday. I don't know that things are counted the same on the weekends. And, you know, I know people are saying, oh, this is an everyday thing. I, I get it. But I just, I'll bet over the next couple of days uh, that that number's not going to stay that low. Especially when you start adding in some of the other numbers that, that are coming in in different ways. Nursing home numbers, not just hospital numbers. So my concern is that this thing is being... Um, downplayed and especially because look it's an election year Donald Trump cannot ride this current wave into in, into the election in November he can't I mean it's it'd be a political suicide so he's going to try to do something drastic I don't think it's an accident that you had you know maybe as many as a dozen protests across almost as many states today uh, demanding for the states to to open up. This isn't, didn't happen by accident. There are some right wingers and uh, and and uh, Trump's right there. You know that that are going to be pushing for this stuff because they're going to try to get the economy rolling. They look. They're thrilled to death that the stock market you know started to jump back up on news that they have one drug that um, you know that they haven't gone through any full cl- clinical trials, but they think shows some promise. But it's a, it's. But even that drug isn't something that's going to prevent or cure the vast majority. This is an intravenously administered uh, drug that that has shown some promise. It, it's not like it's cured everybody that they put it, you know, that they put, tried it on, and they haven't done any double blind studies or anything. So, but the you know, stock market is just looking for a reason for for people to start, you know. And and look, the stock market is about it's like a like a, a rich man's casino. They buy and sell stuff just to make money. I mean, they look for a, a, a trend that, that when they buy, the value will go up so they can sell it again later. It, it's, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to, to, to base measuring an economy on. And when Trump tries to say that he had the greatest, you know, the greatest economy the United States has ever seen was on his watch, it doesn't account, you know, account for the fact that you had the, the largest income and wealth disparity that ever existed in the United States. And you know what? And it, it may be among the largest income disparities that exist anywhere. I, you know, so, so when I hear, you know, somebody talk about the United States being the envy of the world, it doesn't have universal health care. I mean, it, does, it has, you know, tremendous poverty. I mean, I, I had a couple of callers on my New York show this week said they could not believe that they're, they're native territories that don't have running water. Well, you know what? There are non-native com- territories, uh, communities that don't have running water. And then there's non-native communities who have running water that you can't drink and you can't bathe with. Flint, Michigan comes to mind. But native territories throughout the U.S. and Canada have some of the worst water on the planet. 
you know, and, and of course, not everybody does. I mean, some people can waste water and, and not even think about it. You know, but you always see these little memes where you where you show some little kid in a third world country, you know, who, who's looking at somebody wasting water and thinking, you know, and, and you just can't wrap his head around it. You don't have to go to a third world country, world country to see that, uh, to, to, to see somebody react that way. Part of the reason the Navajo are experiencing the the massive amount of of infections and and i got to be clear here on a per capita basis navajo country is experiencing a higher rate of infection than any other states except for new york and new jersey i'm not saying the total number is higher although they do have numbers that are higher than many states but navajo territory they've got you know almost 1200 cases and they've got you know um well over 40 or 40 deaths that's a lot for for a population, and and again, people say, yeah, there, but there, there's two hundred fifty thousand Navajo. Not on Navajo territory, there isn't. There's probably only about a hundred thousand people in Navajo that live uh, live on their territory. So when we we talk about that population, we're not talking about Navajo living in Los Angeles. We're talking about Navajo living on Navajo territory. I mean, that's a, that's a really large number for uh, for the percentage you know, for the population. And why is that number so high? I mean, the rest of New Mexico and Arizona, you know, and the other the states that you know um, around that territory are experiencing this this number because native territory they, they they barely have running water in some of those places. And now, why is that? It's because it is policy driven poverty on most native territories. I mean, the, the few native territories that have managed to, to develop an economy are, are fortunate like we are, that, that I guess fortunate, because we at least have a non-native population that we can sell stuff to. So we can be, you know, you know, develop an economy that relies more than just selling to ourselves, our own purchasing power. And, you know, even before we had, there was casinos. But there's a lot of native territories that are not in a place that they have a large enough non-native population around them. And the crazy part is they do have some non-native population. And, you know, one of the things the other, the other things that Navajo experienced was when things started evaporating off of grocery store shelves, non-native people were coming onto Navajo territory and the very few places that, that Navajos can shop within their territories and were, clean, and we're helping to clean out their shelves as well. That's why you're seeing some native territories that are, that are shutting down and trying to uh, limit the amount of uh, non-native people that come out of the territories. It's it's not about it's not really about racism. It's not a, and it's and it's not about xenophobia or or nationalism. It's about just plain security. We have far more limited resources on our territories than the, than the non-native people have off off our territories. And so, if the pickings look easy on our territories then then we become victims of that but so when you when you talk about this this the income disparity that and and i'm not even just blaming trump in, income disparity is something that, that every you know, that's why we call them run the guys that's why we call these these presidents town destroyers because they do they 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 enrich the the wealthy the wealthiest and they and they expand the the level of poverty for everybody else I mean, and when you came out of the 2008 uh, recession or whatever they call it, the, the meltdown in 2008, not everybody recovered. There were 
there were millions of people who lost their homes. And you know who most of the people who lost their homes were? The highest percentage were people of color. And you know what? Some people made lots of money. This is what they call carpetbaggers. The ones who, who see every opportunity to make a bunch of money. And look, there are people doing it now. And I'm not just talking about the, the guy who goes in and buys out every bottle of hand sanitizer and toilet paper off of a shelf. Yeah, there's those guys. But there are also people who are, who are, are figuring out the best way. I mean, what, what was this? I saw the story about Ruth's Chris, the, sta- the, the franchise steakhouse, the high-end steakhouse, and the amount of money, that, stimulus money they're getting. They're, they're a, a company that, that was still turning a profit. So there's, you know, there, there's all of these examples of, of while some businesses, you know, this is one of the things that, that Cuomo was blasting Trump for when, uh, when they were having their, their row this week. He said, "Look, you're you're uh, you're bailing out the uh, airline industry, but you're but you're not bailing out the states. I don't know how the states are going to manage through this. Their sales tax revenue is uh, has gone. Most states make their money off of sales tax revenue. I mean, the, even states that have uh, a state income tax, like New York, for instance, they still the counties, they the municipalities, they rely heavily, not just on property taxes." But on sales tax revenue. And you know what? If the only thing people are shopping for is food in a grocery store, there's no sales tax on food. You're not going to make enough sales tax revenue off of toilet paper to, to fund the city of Buffalo or Albany or New York. And for all of this two, this $2 trillion worth of stimulus money, none of that is earmarked for helping the states to balance their budgets. So... I, look, this is this thing's gonna get get uglier going forward. The, the the last shoe hasn't dropped on this thing, and the fact is that while this thing is still cresting, I mean, it, I mean, think about this thing as as a flood. That's like saying while the flood waters are there, you start moving back in. You don't move back in to your homes while the while you got three feet of water in the freaking house. If you move back at all, but that's what they're talking now. While while that curve is the highest at its highest peak, they want to talk about well, let's 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 go back to business as usual. And even if they're saying, well, no, we're, we're going to do it slowly. But when do you start? And and when these protests start happening, and they're all right wing protests, and you've got a you've got a right wing you know a, a, a president sitting in the White House who, who whose only concern is himself. He's going to let every one of these things be a self-motivator. And he's going to use these things to his advantage. Not, look, there is no way that you're going to convince me that the people closest to Trump or Trump himself are really that concerned about elderly dying in, in, in nursing homes. You know why they don't care? Because they don't contribute heavily to the economy. They don't. And even if, even if they're wealthier elderly people, the sooner that that money gets passed down to the next generation, the sooner that money goes into the economy. Because right now it's just sitting there. They're not productive. And, you know, they, uh, they, they, they're a burden on, the, uh, on the, the health systems of the United States. I know that there's some people putting a bug in Trump's ears. You know, look, look, who's the, I think it was that Dr. Oz who said, look, if 2% of the children die uh, because they go back to school, that, you know, if that's, he made it sound like that was okay. Like it, that was an acceptable risk. For one thing, you know, children aren't the ones at high risk. 
but there's no way in hell that anybody would 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 sacrifice two percent of the children for the sake of the economy. But these are the this is some of the moronic thoughts that you hear on Breitbart and on um, OAN and on Fox News. I don't even know why I mentioned the first two because nobody watches that crap. But Fox News, I mean, Fox News is still the number one network in um, a news network on on cable te- television. Those morons, Sean uh, Sean Hannity and uh, Tucker Carlson, I mean, uh, I don't know, I can't think of the, uh, the Ingrams woman who's starting to look more and more like Kellyanne Conway every single day. I mean, these people are nuts. Some of the crap that they say is just absurd. You know, and even when they have a reasonable guest on, it's like, you, you know that it's, that, it, that they're trying to get them to say something that they can twist around. And, you know, and of course the better guests don't allow them to be. But you know, there's, there's, you know, I, I say it all the time. America deserved Donald Trump, and and after after three and a half years of Trump, if the best the Democrats could put up was is Joe Biden, you know, then they're probably going to deserve another four years of Trump, or Trump light in in Joe Biden. So the rest of us, we got to figure out how you know how we survive this. You know, and I. I'm less concerned about surviving surviving COVID-19 than surviving the failure and the collapse of the United States. Not just the collapse of the economy. You know, again, I've talked about this before. There are some things that are unraveling at an alarming at, a, at an alarming level. And I never even considered a pandemic as one of the contributing factors to this, but you know, like I said, I listened to Trump talk about China in, inflating their currency and just printing more money as the United States is doing exactly that. And, and eventually it, it starts to crash the economy. You, you don't, there aren't the controls in, in a country like the United States that, that where they can manipulate the economy as much as um, they can manipulate the numbers, you know, so they can you know, manipulate all of the, 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 the metrics that they use but the people who who are really living and who are experiencing this stuff know what they have to what they have to go through on a daily basis know know how very little how how short their money goes these days as you know it gets down to you know what we've talked about so many times on this show before this pandemic the more and more we have to rely on what we do locally and what we do with each other and how we connect to each other but i'll i'll tell you this is this is showing itself on a daily basis, um, how close to a real collapse the United States is uh, is entering into, and and look, you you see the failure. How's the election going to take place in the United States this year? I mean, I'm not voting anyway, but um, how's the election going to take place? You know, you've already seen the whole primary season go down the tubes. They don't, they don't have it worked out. You think in a country that is supposed to be so technologically advanced, they can they can't even figure out how to vote. I mean, it's it's kind of bizarre on a bunch of on a bunch of levels. And this is this is the real, reality that we're living in. And you know, and I, so the whole idea of what what the new normal is. Look, the old normal sucked. Let's let let's not kid ourselves. The way things were before were terrible. And even the the one percent who's who's lived so high on the hog over the last you know four five six presidents, they know that it's crashing down too. 
I mean, when I when I you hear all of this stuff about you know these countries who have taken American jobs, it, no country came in and took American jobs. It was the wealthy elite of the United States who said, "Look, this isn't sustainable here. Americans actually want to get paid for the work that they do. You know, we we got to get Mexicans to do this stuff. We got to get Chinese and Taiwanese and Filipinos to to do this work. We got to get Vietnamese to do this work." We can't pay a living wage to, uh, you know, to Americans. I mean, no, I mean, they, so it's, it, it's a, a system that has been unraveling for years. And in the, you know, so you get to the place where not only has the system been unraveling, but then you elect a moron like Donald Trump. And, and look, the, the likelihood is, you know, he probably won't get reelected because I don't know how he can survive what's happening with COVID-19. He probably won't get reelected. But I tell you, if he doesn't get reelected, it's only because of because of a pandemic that he doesn't get because if he had to run straight up against Joe, uh, Joe Biden without this pandemic hanging over his head. I mean, to tell you, he'd got it. He'd, he'd win again. He probably won't, but he'd win again if it wasn't for this pandemic. And and you know what? Joe Biden represents almost everything that, that, that Trump you know, stood for as well. So this is going to be, no matter what happens in November, and right now it seems like November is a long, long ways away. I mean, like I said, March may have seemed like the longest month in history. And when I see the the people who are reacting right now, to having to spend time with their families for a month not for six months but just for months so far and the fact that this whole stay at home order stuff is just unraveling at the level that it is i mean even in florida they open up the, they open up a beach I, I i don't know of all of them but the ones in jack and and the beach was packed so i mean you're gonna you're gonna start to see a bit of a wave from from some of this stuff i mean look one meatpacking plant in in south dakota ends up you know infecting like 400 people you know almost immediately that's how fast this thing is spreading so i mean we're gonna we're gonna see how this thing plays out but i gotta tell you anybody who thinks this is over because they think they've reached a flattened top of the curve that you don't understand what a curve is it means it means that the flood is happening now it doesn't mean that the flood waters have receded so go out there and you protest for your freedom and you know and your liberty and your your right to get your freaking haircut. But don't go home to grandma. You know, unless unless you don't love grandma, you don't want you better not go home to that. So I I don't I don't know what what else to say about uh, you know this I mean, watching the number of protests, I mean, and, and of course, the, the media was eating it up. Now, I'm not just talking about Facebook. I mean, the media, the mainstream media. Man, we, we can't get some of the most obvious issues that, not, not, that don't just impact Native people, but where we have stood up to these issues. We can't get coverage for it. Until there's blood, you know, until you, until you got attack dogs ripping at flesh, you can't get you can't get anybody from the mainstream media to come uh, come check out what's happening on native territories or, or what the issues that we're fighting against. But get a bunch of get a bunch of white people with with Trump flags and Trump hats, you know, violating you know social distancing and stay at home and essential travel orders. Oh, every every station every station on the on television on, on cable news was was covering this. This is. 
you know, again, this is the sensationalism. And, and it's not because they're right. And, but you, when you get guys like Trump who can get away with saying something sensational and never really, I mean, look, I know people say he lies, but the media doesn't do an effective job highlighting just how wrong the statements he makes are. I know they do, but they do some. You know, and they don't. I mean, look, I I think Trump is become is is coming unraveled on a on a daily basis. I can't believe he's still doing a daily news conference. That's bizarre to me because he sucks at it. You know, and and then when he wants to try to get into into a you know a twelve hour pissing match with uh you know with Andrew Cuomo, trust me, Cuomo, Cuomo eats eats Trump up on a daily basis with this stuff. And I'm not a Cuomo fan. I'm just saying, you know, Trump is a moron. I mean, he he can't even complete a sentence, let alone complete a thought. Jake said he's like he's like a cup. The last thing that uh, that's been thrown in the, in the cup is is the first thing that comes out of his mouth. He he can't even rationalize the thought process. So, I don't know. It's gonna be it, this whole thing is and and it's so related. And relevant to the to the COVID nineteen pandemic because this is what's was which is causing people to take a, a strange stance. Look, look, Trump denied this was even a thing. He called it a hoax, and then had to take it seriously. And he has moments of idiocy that show up when he when he starts talking about well the cure can't be worse than the, than the disease, and you know and then starts to back away and then people reel him back in. But I guarantee. Crowds of people start showing up on a daily basis in front of, uh, especially if they're protesting some sort of Democrat control of a state. Trump's going to be all over. He's going to try to win those people. He's going to try to win those states. And he's going to start trying trying to win them now because he doesn't know when this thing gets better or if this thing gets better. It's his last ditch ditch attempt. Like I said, mark my words, the first major crowd, uh, you know, that public event, that is legal or authorized is going to be a Trump rally. So anyway, I'll keep you posted on the, uh, on the numbers. We, uh, we keep doing this. We'll be back here on Tuesday. And of course we do our show in New York, uh, on Thursdays, uh, at, from three to five. That's a call-in show. Look, if you, if you listen to our let's talk native show and you would like to have better interaction with, with what I'm talking about here, tune us in on uh, on our thursday show we we offer the the number in new york so you, you call into the studio in new york and we're all patched through we're connected by skype uh i'd love to hear from from more of my let's talk native listeners on my let's talk show in new york so um you know tune us in uh, we're on facebook live and you can you know check us out on wbai.org it streams live on uh, on their website as well uh, so you know, check us out on Thursday as well. So otherwise, we'll we'll see you back here on Tuesday. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.